It's time to get all set for Sunday, a podcast for busy and distracted Catholics with your hosts, Scott Williams and Jeff Trailer. When I hear the coffee brewing, I think, what the heck we doing? Because I got barely any sleep last night. As the diaper bag I packed with hot wheels, dollies, and some snacks, I say, oh, pray there'll be a seat in the cry room this time. It's all right, because I'm all set for Sunday. Matthew, Mark, or Luke, or John, no idea what's going on. I can't pay attention at any good rate. Looks from parishioners, old ladies, and ushers. I guess I'll throw some extra bucks in the collection plate. It's all right, because I'm all set for Sunday. It's all right, cause I'm all set for It's all right, cause I'm all set for It's all right, cause I'm all set for Sunday Welcome to All Set for Sunday, a podcast for busy and distracted Catholics to be a little more prepared for Sunday Mass. My name is Scott Williams, my co-host, Jeff Trailer. How's it going, Jeff? It's going great, Scott. Yeah, why? We're, we're in our our pseudo podcast studio. <laughs> we're we're a year into this, and we're finally like getting into this. Uh, we're starting to settle into how we can record together. Uh, for those listeners who haven't picked up on it, I uh, while I used to work in a high school, I have now uh, left that position and I'm working full time for Sacrilegious, the company that Scott founded. So we are. Uh, I have an office right down the hallway. We get to spend a lot of time chatting and things, and then we break up that monotony by recording podcasts. So <laughs> I'm excited to be here in, in our studio. We're going to call it a studio. The, the studio. The studio. The other half of your office <laughs> <laughs> or the podcasting <laughs> studio. I'm also excited because this week is this week's podcast, I think, has a little bit of a theme of, of repentance. Repentance and <laughs> repentance. conversion. <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah. I think sure. because... You know, when we started this podcast a year ago, we came up with like a core group of priests. Like these are the guys we really would like to reach out to mm-hmm. and have on our podcast. And we reached out and one of those priests just refused to return our emails or respond <laughs> to our calls. He apparently thought this whole thing was never going to work. And and he quickly gone from not responding to avid listener and interacting <laughs> with us on social media. Avid. That avid. Is true. I mean, number one listener, <laughs> Father Dustin Bain <laughs> joining us this week. They, I, we're glad to see your repentance and conversion to becoming a guest on the podcast. You begged us. Now I would say beg <laughs> maybe is the word or at least responded to our email. And you know, now here you are. You know the show so well that you knew that the intro was so long that you could get up out of your seat, go into the other room and coffee and come back that is impressive (laughs) you have that much awareness of the show usually the look on people's faces is just when is this going to (laughs) be the whole podcast really that's the look but it's a a great podcast you guys do um i I, all right i talked to a number of priests that that, that listen to it and uh yeah we all listen to it typically uh right around i think like 2 p.m on saturday afternoon uh, when the Holy Spirit is not uh, coming through for homily prep, and we're just like, well, all right. <laughs> I, just I'm glad that our podcast represents absolute desperation. <laughs> <laughs> no, Father Dustin Bame is joining us. Uh, Father Dustin, you are a priest of the Archdiocese of Indianapolis. Where are you located these days? So I, I live in Connorsville, so and um, I'm pastor of two parishes out in East Central Indiana. So St. Gabriel in Connorsville and St. Bridget in Liberty, Indiana. 
Which one do you like better? Ah, I love them equally. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's answer. like well, you tell teacher who says they don't have favorite students and they're just flat out lying. So there, there is a fa- famous story about uh, the previous pastor of St. Bridget in Liberty, uh, Father Barton, who was one day assigned to a parish or assignment in Indianapolis and did not like that. Uh, walked in to the archbishop's office, as we're told, and uh, says, give me liberty or give me death. <laughs> and uh, So he was given Liberty, Indiana, Father Barton, uh, who died with his boots on as pastor of St. Bridget in Liberty, Indiana. And you said, give me liberty and whatever other parishes are around. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I think if I would have said that to the archbishop, I, I, I would have been given death. So. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. This is, uh, you know, long, long awaited. Glad to have you. Um, Good to be here. We're, we're pumped. All you're jokes ready? aside, we are excited yeah. to have you on here. And we know that uh, things get crazy busy. And I cannot begin to imagine what the email inbox of a pastor of two parishes looks like. So um, we are excited that, well, when I saw your interactions online and I called Scott and said, he can't reply to our emails, but he can, he can call <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we're gonna next round. He's in. I'm reaching out. I'll I'll DM him. I'll I'll do whatever I need to do. But we're gonna make this. Happen. I appreciate. So we that. Yeah. are excited to have you on. That's my fault, and I do apologize for all that. I'm 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 a terrible communicator. Oh, stop. It's okay. We forgive you. You're in now. You're well on your way. You're five episodes away from being a friend of the podcast. So <laughs> good luck. All right. Are we ready to do the two minute drill? We are. Let's get after it. All right. So on. Other than our theme of repentance and conversion this mm-hmm. week, it's actually the solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity. Oh, so solemnity alert! Fancy that. I know. Come on, you oh, got to scoot. Up, you got to scoot up there. The button's Sol- all the way over here. Solemnity alert! <laughs> there it is. All right. So solemnity of <laughs> this the most- Sunday. Sorry, I last week there was a there was a sequence. Yeah, and you know sequences are always. Yeah, you, know, you kind of look around, like you're trying to figure out if people figure like know what's <laughs> going on. But all I could think of in my head was sequence alert, and then I did the air horn in my head. Everyone knows our podcast loves a good sequence. Yeah. So yes, I thought the same thing as I was looking around and people were trying to figure out what it was we were singing and why we were singing. They get kind of like halfway up out of their seats, ready for that hallelujah <laughs> when they hear the organ come in. Like what? Yeah. What's why going is, on? Why is the organist playing? Is he new here? <laughs> <laughs> all right go ahead all right solemnity of the most holy trinity our first reading comes from deuteronomy uh moses to his people it's always mm-hmm. a nice start moses talking to his people he basically moses is like did you guys see that like did you just see what happened like we escaped from egypt all these incredible things happened. has anything that insane ever happened like since creation have we ever seen anything like this no no we have not so listen to god follow his commandments and your families will prosper. I mean, I love the the emphasis that Moses is putting on. Like, everyone take a step in a second in here and just evaluate what just happened, what you actually just saw and witnessed. Um, and, and really putting that emphasis on, if that doesn't get you to start following these commandments and believing in God and what he can do, I don't know what's going to. But if you do, you'll prosper. Uh, response to our psalm this week, just kind of a meh. You know, we talk all the time about mumblers and bangers and the responsorial psalms. We got a new category now, huh? Yeah, just a meh. meh. Uh, right. Blessed the people the Lord has chosen to be his own. Um, 
That's all I got. A second reading is a shorty. Shorty, but a goodie. You heard it here. The word of God is meh this week. Meh. Uh, just the psalm. Uh, the short uh, shorty this week in the second reading comes from Romans 8. So, uh, led by the Spirit. If we're led by the Spirit, we are sons of God. If we're children of God, or if we're sons of God, we become children of God. If we're children of God, we're heirs of God. If we're heirs of God, then we are joint, joint heirs with Christ. So... We must suffer with him, but we get to be glorified with him. Everybody follow that little chain of events there. Um, And then finally, our gospel this week, our gospel comes from Matthew this week, chapter 28, 16 to 20. The 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain, which Jesus had ordered them. When they all saw him, they worshiped, but they doubted. Then Jesus approached them, approached and said to them, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. Good job, Jeff. Hey, thanks, Scott. Father Dustin, did Jeff get anything wrong? I, I saw you like biting your tongue as... Well, it, I, like I never preach on the psalm, but it did, Jeff, you did do a, a, a great job. And I do love that first reading, Moses talking to his people. Um, and, and, and it is, that's exactly the uh, the spirit, I think, in which, mo- at least how I read it. Like, have you ever seen something so crazy and insane uh, as the Lord, our God, and what he's done for us? The uh, the, the psalm, though, is not a, a meh psalm. It's a, it's a, <laughs> it may not be a banger uh, in terms of, like, the, the musical uh, sound of it, but Blessed are the people the Lord has chosen. Yeah, to be his own. message is not my commentary. It's the are you gonna? Rem- it's it's a it it doesn't hit mumbler category because it's short enough and like clear enough that you're gonna remember it by the end. Sure. Like you're gonna be saying it all the way through, and that's good. Uh, versus our mumblers, where you get to the end and you still only say the first three words and then just kind of grunt your way through it. Or a banger where like. You've got a cancer up there just really getting after it on that. Just one. getting after it. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. Contents of it are not meh. It's just <laughs> yeah. it's just that you don't you're not like, you know, singing a song in your head as you yes. read the text. I'm not imagining like a certain cantor from my childhood up there <laughs> just like really getting their hands into it and everything and gesturing <laughs> wildly. Yeah. Um, so yeah. fantastic. Okay. But nothing wrong, no heresy was no. Uh, no, oh. it was, uh, always a good, always a good week when I avoid heresy. <laughs> uh, Father, Father Dustin, unfortunately, uh, this week you can't tune in at two p.m. for for extra inspiration. It's true. People are relying. I on still you. might. <laughs> yeah. What? I'll, I'll forget everything I say today. Um, you could go back to last year's episode for Slumnia of the Most Holy Trinity. <laughs> it's true. What do you What are you thinking about? Um, what major themes are you considered preaching this week? Sure. Yeah. No, it's uh, so kind of a, a theme of theosis through kenosis by way of obedience. Okay. All so, right. so now you're just <laughs> these are big words, right? Yes. These are big words. Uh, and I, I, yeah. Use them in a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> so in that second reading, right, exactly what you, how, how you summarized it, uh, Jeff, that there's this, uh, theme of theosis, that we become joint heirs. So theosis is this uh, process by which we become 
sharers and joint heirs of the divine light. And so this Sunday is Trinity Sunday. Okay. Uh, Trinity, the Trinity is the central mystery of our faith, right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three persons, one God, co-eternal, co-equal, all this. And, and the thing about the Trinity and, and our God, um, back to kind of Moses, that have we ever seen something so unbelievable that the Trinity is perfect in and of itself, right? God is perfect, perfectly happy in and of himself. God does not need anyone, anything to be perfectly content and happy with himself. He is a perfect union of persons, perfect love. Um, And what's so incredible is that the Trinity, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, invite us into that life. They having no need of us or God having no need of us raises us up into himself. So this is the idea of theosis, right? That we become godlike. We are invited into this unity of persons um, to be perfectly happy and, and share in that that joy and happiness, um, ultimate fulfillment of God. So theosis, um, but it's by way of kenosis, which is this process by which we empty ourselves, right? And we see this in the life of Christ, the second person of the Trinity. Um, and and how does this happen? It's by exactly in the gospel today, right? That um, I uh, I send you out, I go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, that this this emptying of self that we die with Christ and we're brought into uh, by way of Christ, the life of the blessed Trinity, the central mystery of our faith. So this theosis by way of kenosis. Um, but I, I want to focus. Yeah. Go, go ahead. All right. Question. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Not for me. I'm just, I'm sure I, I obviously understand this, but for our listeners who are struggling. To, so just, Give me the succinct like theosis. What is like definition of theosis? Like uh, exactly what we said in that second reading, right? Joint heirs to life in God. Okay, uh, we then, become godlike. We are elevated from creatures to godlike uh, okay. beings, and we and then, live in that God. And then kenosis is kenosis is we just die. And and um, that's kind of what I'm going to get into is how like what's a practical way of kenosis that like this opportunity that we have coming up of dying to self. And so living that theosis, um, living in God. Um, so one way of kenosis, teach us how to kenosis, uh, obedience, obedience. Um, so you guys may have heard, uh, we have this, uh, I don't know if you knew this, that since March of last year, no Catholic has been obliged to come to mass on Sundays and Holy Days of Obligation. I've heard. Did you get? Okay. And so the uh, that is now being, that, that dispensation is being lifted or done away with. So beginning on June 12 and 13, all baptized Catholics uh, throughout the Archdiocese of Indianapolis, and I believe in the state of Indiana, um, are will now be required under obedience to come to mass. Mm. Um, so, so that obedience is choosing God over ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, 
and then obviously for like you two and, and and I'm sure for all all of your listeners, hopefully especially for the priest listeners like myself. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people have Shout actually returned to mass. I'm so- <laughs> Shout out. The, uh, the, uh, I didn't hear that. I'm sorry. The oh, um, shout out to our priest listeners. Oh, yes. Hello, priest listeners. Hello. The, uh, but, you know, we also live in a time where um, that, that obedience, you know, it, it's by way of a statement from a man, a fellow sinner, you know, actually a, a frequenter of your podcast, Archbishop Thompson. Um, <laughs> Did who, you just call him a sinner? <laughs> he is, yeah. But that's because he's <laughs> so he is uh, just like all of us. Um, he would not deny that. Um, but you know, we live in 2021, and it's really hard, I think, for most of us to okay. It's on the word of this man, this fellow sinner, um, that I have to now come back to mass. You know, like being obedient to this this man. Um, and so one, just talking a little bit about like, well, how does this man have authority to tell me what I must and must not do specifically on Sunday? Um, in, in our gospel today, Christ talks about, you know, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Um, so this Christ has been given this power. And this is part of what we talk about the Trinity when like this equality of persons that in, in equality in the sense of when you have two or three persons, in this case, the Trinity, that what one has, the other also has. Um, so Christ has the same power of the Father. Christ has the same power of the Holy Spirit. They share in, in this power, this authority. And so this is an equal, they, they have co-equality. And then Christ gives this over to this power, this authority gives this over to his church, specifically through the apostles, that that governance, that aspect of governance, that kingly office. Um, he says in, in John's gospel, I think in chapter 16 or 17, um, what the father, you know, everything that the father has is mine. And for this reason, I declare it to you. He gives the apostles specifically that authority to bind and loose. Um, which is last so week, right? what's that? So which was last week, right? Pentecost? The binding and loosing? Well, no. I mean, given the authority of... Yep. of To the apostles. No? Right. Can I make that up? Uh, I'm trying to think here. I'm trying to remember the readings from last week. What, uh, binding what was and loosening wasn't... That wasn't last binding week. Binding and loosening wasn't. It was during the Easter season here a couple weeks ago, but... That's always on divine mercy. Kind of the final, like, bringing of the Holy Spirit. And it was the culmination of... Rallying the troops. Yeah. It was yeah. The, like, yeah, I've been telling you all these things. I'm going to put a cap on it now. Like the lids on it, go. And, it, and in daily masses, we've especially been going through the high priestly par- prayer of Jesus, um, which is like John 15, 16, 17. So the last supper um, prayer, the, the final farewell. So, and then divine mercy Sunday. Yeah, Scott, he does give the apostles that binding and loosening authority. Um, and so, when the archbishop says, you know, you guys, everyone has to come back to mass. Um, he, he really does have that authority to say that um, the Pope really has the authority to say that all bishops really have the authority 
to say that because what Christ has, what has been given to Christ, what he equally shares in with the Father and the Spirit, he declares it to his church specifically through the bishops. Um, and and so what, you know, that that I think this is where we kind of, the, the rubber meets the road. And so I have to be obedient to this man. And, and again, in 2021, like it's, it's, it's tough, I think, for a lot of people yeah. uh, to, to trust bishops, to, to say, okay, uh, I will do what this, what this man says. And, and all bishops, right, are, are sinners. All bishops, you know, they, they make mistakes, um, just like every priest does, every pastor, um, just like every mother, every father, every, you know, we all make mistakes. But bishops are especially, I think, in the, in, in the spotlight right now. Um, ever since that uh, horrible summer of 2018 with uh, Theodore McCarrick and all that. Um, and, and then we go through the, the the political sideshow of an election season and all sorts of craziness breaking out in the church and um, people choosing sides and even at times bishops choosing sides. And and so why why should I listen? Why should I be obedient um, to to the archbishop in this regard? Um, in, in all things, faith and morals, but especially when he's telling me, okay, I've got to get my rear end back to mass. Um, well, first is because he does have the authority to say that. Um, but I, I, I get like in 2021, that's not enough. Um, and so this is where I think we can take this great solemnity of the Holy Trinity, um, the central mystery of our faith, where in this gospel, Christ does say, you know, all the power has in heaven and on earth has been given to me. We know and recognize in scripture that that power um, has been handed on through the church. And for this reason, Christ says, right, you know, I will be with you always. Well, he's with us always. How we understand that is, is in his church and specifically through the sacraments, um, certainly baptizing them, right? Here is that great invitation of Christ saying, go out therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, that we have this initiation, this theosis beginning now in baptism where we are brought up, exalted, elevated into this divine life over and above our human life, our human existence, that we now have this great gift of ultimate eternal fulfillment and happiness and the life of the Trinity for no good reason other than the Trinity just loves us. Um, and then also through that sacrament of the Eucharist, that sacrament of Christ's presence par excellence, that it is only through Christ um, and by way of Jesus Christ that we can attain that, that ultimate happiness and fulfillment. That if we truly want that and we are made for that, that happiness, that fulfillment, that we need then, therefore, the Eucharist. Um, and so when a bishop says, it's time to get your rear ends back to Mass, um, he's not saying, do this because I say so. He's doing it and saying it on the authority that Christ has handed to him through his church, and he's exercising that authority. But he's doing it like for the sake of our theosis, us entering and engaging that great process of being exalted into the life of God and the blessed Trinity. It's not for his benefit, right? Which is what all kind of suspicion about bishops and clergy right now is like, is he saying that for his benefit? Like, right. Again, you look at McCarrick, like it, it, it's all kind of self-interest in, 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 in that man's life and power and authority, abusing others uh, for his own benefit. Like, Archbishop Thompson is not saying 
and exercising this authority for his own benefit. He's saying and exercising this authority for my benefit, for your benefit, for the benefit of theosis within us. Well, it was, why, it was why he, in the first place, moved to, I mean, the, the idea of people being like, well, who is this guy to tell me what to do? Who have, who have like openly acknowledged his removal of the, like his giving of the dispensation right. during this time. I mean, that was also for our benefit. It was for safety. It was for the safety of people in that time and saying like, this is valuable, but like he, I mean, th- I feel like the more impressed, like the more uh, abnormal enacting of that authority was the issuing of the dispensation in the first place. One for a length of time that nobody alive had ever remembered or seen, maybe possibly the longest dispensation ever issued in the history of the Catholic church. And, yeah. and for him, for them to make that extreme of a move and, and you be like, yes, this makes sense. And even in that time, them saying like, if you can try, try to get back, that's been a, it's been a discussion. My wife and I have been having of like, there, it's been so easy at times to say like, well, it's not super convenient to get to mass. So let, we can stream it though. And then we'll just turn and look at each other and just say, no, no, we can't, <laughs> no, we need to do, we need to go. We need the Eucharist. We need to receive this grace. We need to have this experience. And turns out we need it because of the gnosis kenosis is that was yeah. what, that's the only part we've been missing. Is that under? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like he's, he's not saying, you have to come back to mass because we need more money in the collection plate. He's saying you need to come back to mass because I love you. You need to come back to mass because you need to be present and be like, receive the Eucharist because this is how you get to heaven because you're meant for more. Yeah. Yeah. You're meant for more. Uh, And so go to mass. How else do we kenosis? Uh, yeah, I mean, anytime we sacrifice, uh, anytime, you know, I mean, you guys are husbands and fathers getting up this morning, uh, getting, you know, all your morning routines of serving your family um, is a kenosis that, you know, for me, especially getting up out of bed, you know, that first not hitting that snooze, even though I did, um, you know, that's a that's a kenosis that many times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, you know, um, in, anytime we, we die to self. Um, but, but I, again, I, it, I think there's something about obedience that, that we have to, it is a great way to, I mean, Scott, as you put it to kenosis that I submit my will to someone or something outside of myself. Like you guys committed your will to marriage and family, right? Like you stood up at an altar one day and you said, um, you know, wife, Wife, I, you know, I, I dear, dear wife, I, yeah. you, you know, the words, dear, I feel like you should know them. <laughs> dearest wife. I love you. I take you I, to be my wife, my wife. My, <laughs> um, so the, the gift of self. And then, and it's living that obedience that you have to be faithful and, and you yeah. commit to that, um, that there are no others in your life that they, this thing that gets created through God, through his grace, your family, that you do serve and uh, your children uh, together. I, I mean, I've, I've kind of, you know, joked about it here a little bit, but, but kenosising is, uh, is a verb. Is what yeah. I, like, yeah. I'm, if it's not a verb, I verbed it. Um, 
because it is it. it is an act of saying yes. It is a it is a choice. It is it is something that you actively do through God's grace. And you know, one of my least favorite questions is, "Hey, what's your favorite Bible verse?" Because like, but you know, you, you get asked those questions a lot. And mine in, in this business, in this yeah, <laughs> in this biz, uh, nothing like a good icebreaker, right? What's your favorite? <laughs> Anyways, um, but I. I felt like I had to choose one at some point because people asked me and, you know, working, I worked full time ministry for a long time. And if I, if I didn't have an answer, people didn't think I was like qualified for the job or something. <laughs> um, but, but mine is go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and the Holy spirit. Is that your favorite Bible verse or your answer to that question? I, I mean, I'd say both. I just don't like the, the act of choosing yeah. a favorite I'm going to start just saying all the ones about kenosis. Yeah. All the kenosis ones. Yeah. Um, but the most specifically, my favorite part about that verse is the first word go. Like it is, it's a command. It's a call to action. It's, it's being, being asked to go do something like that's, that's what our faith is about is doing. It's about, is about bringing the faith to other people and, and, you know, I'm not necessarily, I, I'm not a priest. I'm not a deacon. I don't do baptizing on a regular basis. Not to say I couldn't in an emergency situation. Um, different podcast, different podcast, but, <laughs> but like, you know, we just, we just had our, our, our daughter, Hannah baptized a few weeks ago. And awesome. like that, awesome. congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Father Peter Marshall baptized her in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that's what we were called to You're do. You're sure he did it that way? I, it was valid. It was licit. It was beautiful. Uh, I, I always question the sacraments when it comes to Father Peter Marshall. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Bold accusation. <laughs> that's not true. He's all set for Sunday. <laughs> um, but... I mean, that's how we, we responded. Like we are bringing Hannah up in the faith. We have decided to choose to baptize her. We, we want her to know and to love Jesus. We want to be able for our family to serve the Lord. And part of that is, is that is baptism. Look at you guys. Kenosis thing. We kenosis. Well, oh, it, I'm kenosis so hard this week after this <laughs> podcast. I'm going to just kenosis <laughs> all of the, I'm just the kenosis, kenosis all the time. Yeah. I'm going to yeah, try it, and, and, and Scott, I think, you know, you getting at something you're saying that there's like the baseline obedience, like I do it because I'm told to do it, right? Like that very childish form of obedience. But you, you know, like here, this, you wanted to have your daughter baptized. For sure. Right? That, that you chose this. It wasn't just because Christ in the gospel says, go therefore and baptize or make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Like it wasn't just simply out of obedience that there's this kind of like baseline obedience, but then there's this, like my will is aligned with the will of God because I have kenosis so often in my life (laughs) that I understand that typically when my will is contrary to the will of God, like mm, that's not a good thing. And, and, and the fruit of the, and, and and the proofs in the pudding. Right. Um, But because we, <laughs> Just but because we had like we have experience in in saying okay actually i need to figure out ways to align my will with god because things ultimately like 
I experience that ultimate fulfillment. I, I, I get to touch a little bit of heaven. Heaven is a little bit more alive within me and around me. And I get to share it. Like in your case, you share that heavenly reality with your daughter. Um, like you want that for her, which is what God wants for her. Um, and so there, there's like this baseline kenosis, this baseline obedience that we have to do. Um, but the more we do that, the more we figure out, like, actually, this is, this is a great deal. Yeah. <laughs> this is so, a fantastic thing. Kenosis leads to the- theosis. Is that what we said? Yeah, theosis. Theosis, theosis via kenosis. Via kenosis. By way uh, of obedience. By way, by of, way obedience, of obedience. Which in of itself is a good thing. Leads us to holiness. Why, like... I mean, this is an oversimplified question, and I think the easy answer is going to be sin. But why are people so miserable? Like, why, if if it does lead us to true happiness, why are we walking around with a glum look on our face and you can't say original sin? Jeff? Oh, I had my hand up. I think I know. Jeff. I, well, I think I have the oversimplified answer to your oversimplified question because it's hard. Because, like, it's easier to not be obedient. It is easier to just choose self. It is easier to just choose what serves me. And that's easy. That's immediate gratification, obedience, and the effort that goes into that and the effort that goes into kenosising. Like, that's tough. But the reward is so much greater on the back end. And I think that's why you see that the most obedient people we know when you look at priests and religious life are the, are the ones drawn to holiness so much and who draw us to holiness because they see they're living the benefits of that obedience, yeah. the benefits of it, but it's hard. It's a grind to do it, so. It, I, I think that's a great answer. Um, and it is hard. I had a couple things. One is, is, you know, it, there are priests that I'd, I do hope inspire obedience in other people and, 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 and the difficult, like inspire them and motivate them to kind of go through the grind of it. Um, and I would say it's on, on the flip side of that, like watching families, husbands and wives, mothers and fathers also like for us as priests go through that grind of like, okay, uh, it's, I'm, I'm getting up in the morning. Okay. Work's done today. Like, you know, how many husbands and wives could just like stop off at, and do whatever they wanted to do, even if it's just like for 30 minutes, grab a beer, grab a cup of coffee. Like, no, like now they're going home to this, this even I, how I perceive it, an even more difficult work and even more uh, severe cut of kenosis uh, that, that, okay, now, like now I'm going to go <laughs> hang out with my kids, answer questions about homework, uh, check their, you know, their backpack. Packs, uh, hold them accountable, all that stuff. So, so yeah, I think it, just a one time, like what inspires me to kenosis is, is like hearing the stories of the day in and day out lives of husbands and wives and mothers and fathers, just doing it, uh, entering that daily grind of, of sacrifice and submitting their will and being obedient to this great vocation that they've, they've chosen to enter into. So one, I think, yeah, uh, Scott, to answer your question, like it's hard, but also like to a little bit to your point, Scott, like, yes, it's original sin, but, but why do people walk around so miserable while it's original sin? But, but what is that original sin is that I want to be God. 
I want what I want to do when I want to do it. And I know what's best. I think if it, one thing that I've learned and, and, and it's a hard lesson and I'd like, I don't want to say learned it. I, I still struggle with it is, is having a good, healthy suspicion of everything that I want, all of my desires, um, that what I want, I need to be suspicious of because I know oftentimes what I want to do is not what's best. Mm. Um, and, and just always being ready to, to what test makes you that realize that? Just time and experience. Uh, there wasn't an aha moment. No, there wasn't really an aha moment. It's just like, because I've walked around miserable before and, and then you have to kind of through God's grace, through confession, through um, talking with friends, I think having that community, brother priests or, or just good, um, good people around you to kind of that. I think that can call you out one, hold you accountable to, and, uh, and then throwing yourself on God's mercy saying like, okay, I see this pattern where I have been, been believing that I'm God and acting out of that versus letting God be God of my life. And in that kenosis, being obedient to his will, first and foremost, trying to discover his will. Yeah. I think it's easy for us to just blindly ignore things that feel good. Yeah. And like that is just because it feels good. Doesn't mean that it is good. And like having, I, I did the, um, a spiritual exercise recently where it's like, you know, doing a daily examine of conscience was, is not part of, has not been part of my regular spiritual journey, but being able to set aside, a, a, set aside a time each day to literally just check yourself, even if it's a few minutes to say, these are the good things I did. These are the crappy things that I did. And this is where I need to improve. Yeah. is huge. I mean, and that's, that's, that's good for business. That's good for family. That's good for like home, like in every area of your life if you're not looking at the daily things that you're doing and saying, this is, these are the good things I did. These are the things I did really bad at. And this is how I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do tomorrow to become a saint. Like that, that's, those are good things. Um, If you're going to check yourself, that's such a good exercise. It's good to do that before you wreck yourself. That's right. (laughs) Speaking of wrecking things. I have one more thing before we make a segue. Oh, I'm sorry. That was, that was Man, such I, a good I tee up that up you, for you. Such so a good, good tee up. You've had one more thing like six times. Yeah. Well, I mean, this You're is into this. You're solid so conversation. happy to have father. Dustin I love here. father. Dustin. We're trying to catch up from a year worth of podcast. that we did. I've known, du- I've known father Dustin a long time and I haven't talked to him since I, since I like before the, the, the thing. When you call him um, a bad name. Um, <laughs> catch up. Sorry. For, sorry for. Sorry for uh, you know. Will you just say your thing so we can segue? No. <laughs> um, I got some kenosis thing to do. Sorry for offering <laughs> so much joy and fun to your life today, Jeff. All right, um, and I will. Op- I will be obedient no, I, to you. Uh, my our family went camping with another family uh, a couple weeks ago, and they have children at similar age. And our our friend Dana uh, said to her little girl, a Lorelai when she was throwing a fit about something, she leaned down she goes, Lorelai, you can do hard things. And like, that's really good advice for a two and a half year old, but it's also really good advice for, for grown adults. Like you True. can do hard things. Um, and, and speaking of hard things and not as good of a, a transition, <laughs> let's go to dumb questions. I can do all things. 
It's time for Jeff's Dumb Questions. The part in the show where the glow of the flame of knowledge grows a little dimmer and our collective IQ goes down a few points, all thanks to Jeff. We're sorry. All right, Jeff, take it away. You don't get much time. Well, Father Dustin, you said earlier we should be childish or childlike, and that's what this segment's all about. So uh, for our national and international audience, this may not uh, apply so much, but it's Indy 500 weekend in Indianapolis, um, which is a very exciting time for the locals, uh, for all of us. It's exciting to, like, nervous but exciting to be going to, like, the largest event that will be happening maybe in the world since uh, the pandemic hit. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm heading there. I'm excited. I'm wondering, I know it's, t- it's tough for priests, but have you ever been to the 500? I have, I have. Do oh. you have any idea what it is that like how, so the archbishop does the invocation before the 500. Do you have any idea how that came about? I don't know of any other like major event like this, where you have a Catholic Bishop up there just, you know, praying before the event. Do you have any idea where that came about? I don't have any like idea of certainty. My guess is because the previous owners of um, the IMS, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, uh, are Catholic. And so way back in its history, the, the I'm assuming, what is it, the Holmans? Yes. Yeah. Actually, we played hockey, Scott, with, uh, oh, one of them, Tony George. Is that Tony right? Holman that is- or Tony George Jr.? Yeah. So one of the, uh, he, he's probably a listener. Um, I, <laughs> we played hockey with one of them. Um, and it, anyway, so my guess is that it, it's probably just assuming that the Holmans have owned it since its inception or, um, they, at some point they just, because they're Catholic, they invited the archbishop to, to do it. So, um, I'm wondering, I know that, uh, this this is not even a dumb question pertaining to you, but I didn't know if you had any good stories. I know Father Glenn O'Connor, God rest his soul, um, former priest of the Archdiocese, was very engaged with the race. In fact, he was on a few of the racing teams and worked as a pit crew member. Do you know any any good stories about Father Glenn in the race? I don't, uh, but man, he did love it, and he was all about it. Um, yeah, he was the, the priest in the pits, as he was called, uh, the priest in the pits. I know so, it's all. It's. I, it's I used to always want to know, like, well, how did he get coverage for his parishes? That we- <laughs> <laughs> that's what every priest wants to figure out. Right? <laughs> how do you how do you get coverage? That's what I was gonna say. It's this is one of those anomalies that, like, when you become a priest in the Archdiocese of Indianapolis, you got to give up going to the five hundred because there's no way everybody can get coverage on Sundays out there. And and what's crazy is like he, he was one of he, he was an incredibly busy priest. He was everywhere. Um, and, and the fact that he could figure out a way in his ridiculous schedule to take that time. Um, he was also like the chaplain of the, uh, like police department, I think, uh, yeah. the airport and, uh, seven other things. Lots of fun. Like he started a, a not-for-profit organization, um, like a rehabilitation facility, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Um, he was, yeah, he was just everywhere. And had friends all over the place. Um, in fact, he used to be uh, an associate pastor here at St. Gabriel's in Connorsville, uh, and people absolutely loved him. Um, and they still talk about him to this day. Like he was. That must, just, that must be disappointing for them now. He was a he. He was a wild dude back in the day. Because he passed away. No, because they have Father Dustin. Oh, 
I get it. Yeah. Never mind. They, they, <laughs> I was like, that's a weird joke to make. <laughs> well, on that note, let's as let's ask all of our listeners say an extra prayer for Father Glenn O'Connor this weekend and his soul as we uh, head into Indianapolis 500. All right, Father Dustin, thanks so much for joining us this week, and I hope we do it again. Yeah, absolutely. No, this was great. So thank you guys so much for having me. All right. Take care. Peace. See ya. It's all right, cause I'm a sepulchre. It's all right, cause I'm a sepulchre. It's all right, cause I'm a sepulchre Sunday.